Hello and welcome to our very first episode of the Human and Machine podcast. My name is Jakob Marquardt. I'm the co-host of the show uh, and I'm here with Lenny Smith. Lenny, how are you? Oh, thanks Jakob. Um, great, great to be here for our first podcast. I must say, I think we're in day 100 of, of lockdown with the whole COVID-19 story. Yeah. It's great to actually be in a room together again to see each other's faces for I know it's a podcast but we are actually seeing one another again in, I know. in like a hundred days um, it's been it's been quite tough um, obviously we are doing our social distancing so people don't have to worry about that uh, we've got our masks and everything uh, but it's great to actually sit here and have a little bit of a conversation I'm actually very interested to hear don't want to give too much away what we're going to discuss but to hear a little bit of how how this whole situation we we've got ourselves into here is, is shaping the industry that we're in obviously we're in the, the automation space. Um, we we supply automation software to the manufacturing industry and environment. So yeah, it is a bit of a tough time, uh, but I'm quite eager to see how people manage that and, and get around these challenging times because of challenges. There's always opportunities and prospects that can come from that. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, Lenny, it, it feels quite a bit strange to sit next to you. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't seen each other in quite a while. And, and uh, we obviously here in, in Johannesburg and South Africa, and I suppose like so many other places in the world, um, I think Lenny said we're over 100 days of lockdown. Um, very scary place for us in South Africa. We're nearing uh, 2,000 deaths as a result. And uh, just a terrible pandemic that has impacted so many people's lives directly and indirectly. Um, so really good to be sitting next to each other. And um, yeah, so the Human and Machine podcast, uh, I suppose why we're at a, at a pivotal, pivotal moment um, in this evolution of human uh, innovation and machine automation. And hopefully this podcast will make sense of the latest industrial tech out there, the challenges um, and opportunities impacting manufacturing today, as Lenny said, specifically here in South Africa. Uh, and um, we wanna bring you stories. We wanna bring you stories and insights from the community um, of this industry that we love. Uh, hopefully you'll find these interesting and, and valuable. Uh, we, we're definitely looking for your, forward to your feedback. Um, and yeah, let us know. This is our first gig, our first episode. So hopefully it goes without, without uh, incident. I'm sure it won't. Uh, but yeah, what do we have today, Lenny? Well, part of my role at Element 8 is to, to support our... Uh, we're very strong around community. We're very strong about our SRP. SI partners. Um, so SIs are, of course, uh, we, we're probably going to have a lot of three-letter acronyms and acronyms yes. on this show, so, so, so we'll probably have to explain what so some of these are. SIs is the system integrators. They take our software and they really do brilliant things with that. They integrate it. They design it. Um, part of my role is to assist integrators from a, from a design perspective, architectures and stuff like that. And I've been actually been to a site again, again after 100 days of lockdown. I've actually been on a site on Monday. And I can truly say that I've seen the impact that this is having on the manufacturing industry. I mean, from a site that normally employs about 400 people, only 45 people is currently active working on that site. And we're not talking about guys actually working on the line. This includes everything from security to top management. Are you able to, are you able to share the industry? Um, I can. It's, it's, it's one thing that's obviously been hit hard in South Africa. And this is the tobacco industry part of lockdown is, is actually clamping down on cigarette sales and bans. Yeah. So it's really brought that industry completely to, to its knees, literally to standstill in effect. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what their challenges are and, and what they do. So, and this is where our SI, SI community comes in. And they're, they're the, the real problem solvers, right? They take our software. They're the brilliant people who design and do engineer and do implement it um, and use this technology that we have to offer for industrial operations, 
um, and with the conversation that we're going to have today, we're very privileged to have Mr. Bram Fenter from Advances with us here on the podcast, and and we really want to understand from a from a system integrated perspective, how did COVID nineteen and and not just COVID nineteen, but the whole lockdown um, effect affected the manufacturing landscape. Um, how do people remain safe? How do we actually connect people with the plant? How do we keep plants and people being still being productive in this environment? And, and what type of technologies do people use to enable that and to improve the processes that we currently have? Um, some some sites do carry on. I mean, the food industry is still up and driving, kicking. Yeah. Um, so we, it's not like everything can go completely standstill. Um, so life must go on. And, and this is not something that's going to stop tomorrow. I think it's something that's going to be there for a, quite a while still. Um, and we need to gear up and we need to get ready for when this thing happens again or when such a pandemic or situation happens again in the in our industry. And I think uh, we need to be ready for this for not over the next few months, but potentially for another year or so. Yeah. So I'd sure. love to understand how SOs are adapting, what challenges do they see and, and how they're overcoming those challenges. Yeah, fantastic. So that, that was your introduction, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me and for this uh, very first uh, podcast, Human and Machine. I just wonder who's the humans and who's the machine. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, it, it's really, a, I think it's fantastic just to have some some kind of human interaction and, and sit together with you guys. We, you know, whether we have our face masks and our and our and our uh, sort of hand disinfectant creams, it's, this is really really nice to be able to chat with you guys after after so many months and days of not working from home but living at work is more what it's what it's been feeling like like we've been living at work and not working from home so bob tell us how how did you enter this world of industrial technology how did, how did it start for you is it something that was planned unplanned <laughs> i think like uh, most of most of the things in life starts at young age you you get to a point where you um, you realize well this is what i would like to do with my career that could even start before school you know that's um it's especially with engineers i don't know about other people i've never been at other people so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just the way it is and um, from there you just you keep on building up and you keep focus up to a point where you finish with school and then you go and study and you make a few choices in, in your study life and at the end of the day you get employed by a company and i think i was very fortunate to be employed into a, into this industry if i can call it that um have been doing a lot of projects in this industry through those companies and at the end of end of the day started advances. So Brian, we were we was home. Home was 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 at Hunting? No. No, no, no. Home was um, in Brits. Grew up in Brits. Went that's, to that's northwest province, eh? Yeah, that's correct, okay. yeah. Yeah, north of the Budavorskirten, as they would <laughs> sometimes I, I, I don't think we're gonna care to explain the, that that term to our international <laughs> listeners. <laughs> no, it's fine. They won't they won't understand, but it's okay. I think the local ones will definitely understand it. But um, yeah, so um, grew up on a dairy farm, um, not far away from the school. So, and I think the farm life has taught me a lot. Um, all the things that I had to figure out, um, you know, while kids in, in town had to, I don't know, just play on, on the farm we had to work. And if something breaks, um, you can't just quickly find somebody and come and fix it you have to figure it out yourself and hence 
I think that just helps a lot with your problem solving ability, logical thinking, and so forth. So that's definitely a huge um, benefit that I had in my life. Yeah, given the attributes that you you use today, without a doubt. Oh yes, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. To make a plan and and, and sort things out. Yeah, 100%. definitely. Yeah. I think you also you also sort of uh, more farm style background than, well, than city life, right? Exactly, not north from the Budapest. <laughs> south, very far south. South, yeah, from the free state. Uh, let's not go into that one. But yeah, it is, it is, it is quite, it is quite a, I think it's actually a privilege to, to grow up in a, you know, in the Platterlands, if they call it in Afrikaans, a small community life. You, you, you do get that feeling of, your, you know, stuff, stuff becomes a commodity rather than you can just quickly go and rip and replace. You, you need to really be able to fix yeah. stuff and it, 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 it becomes a challenge. I think, yeah, I think these mm. small town guys make great engineers. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, the industry is not a, it's not a, a lot of people wouldn't think that it's necessarily a sexy industry for youngsters. That's very attractive for young people to get into. I mean, it's, I know it often is, is something that's highlighted that it's not typically in front of the line when, when, when young people look at industries that they want to potentially work in or, or, or go into. How did you, how did you find that? Brahm and Linny, I suppose you as well. Uh, how, how did you find that industry? Is it something that was, Ram, you said you always felt you were a born engineer, yeah. um, and but the space of industrial technology and industrial automation is, is that wasn't something that was always something that you aimed for, was it? No, but I think it's the only industry that gave me the opportunity where if I do something, I get a reaction out of it. So, how <laughs> can I explain this? If I even 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 on a farm when you you've learned a lot of stuff you do something you get a reaction out of it and sometimes that's not the reaction that you expected but the joy of getting that out was great and i think this is exactly what this industry does when you start automating a plant and you apply software or logical thinking to that um, and you can see how it just automatically everything started working that is that satisfaction is unbelievable. Super rewarding. And I think that's what this industry gives us. Um, and that's why it is, it is an exciting industry to work in. And uh, yeah, so they, you, you build something, you develop something, and you can see the actions coming out of that. Against whatever the vision was of, of what was required. Yeah, that yeah. is definitely the rewarding aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think when I studied engineering, it was always, oh, you think you're going to become an engineer and you're going to be in your little box. But I think the great thing about this automation industry is it throws you completely out of the box. It's, it's almost like you learn everything. You learn from all the way down from the little instruments on the plant floor all the way up to you know, project management and everything in between. Um, and I think that's also great is to, to touch so many elements. Yeah. It's not just engineering. Yeah. And, and taking to Brahms' point, Yes, sometimes you do screw up. Sometimes you do you do break a piece of equipment, but the reward of getting something to work and actually all months, all that months of programming and commissioning and getting something to start up, it is a real, real kicker. Yeah, really an adrenaline yeah. rush when you when you start doing that stuff. So, so I'm the other one out. Um, I, I I wanted my father said I should become a doctor or something, so I became a something. <laughs> you guys are engineering is what it was, and that's that's a super nice. Calling yeah. and, and I suppose way of seeing it through, but I think also Yaku, um, what exactly what Lenia said. Now you've learned so much around automation, and it's first of all yes, we can we can automate a plant, 
or we can automate a piece, a piece of machinery. But what's the value in it? So we, we start learning what the value is of that, um, of that system. And, and that's where we're actually adding value to the industry. And I think if that is the challenge, you can be an engineer and you can think about stuff that you can build and, and stuff. Like, but is it really going to add value to the, to the customer? What is the business sense behind it? And I think in any, any career that you have to end up at that point, you can play around with stuff. But if that is not going to be value-added stuff, then you ac you're thing. actually wasting your time. Yeah. Unless you're playing around and you learn, mm -hmm. which is not wasting time. So they never stop playing. It needs to happen. But it's my point is just you have um, you need to learn the business aspects around this as well. Hundred percent, because that's where the expected value is, is, is supposed to be coming from. Correct, is derived from. Yeah. Brom Advances, so Advances, been around for how many years as a business? You have to think about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, um, it's maybe not because um, it's uh, old, it's maybe not, just not that great in maths today. <laughs> <laughs> 10 plus years? Uh, yeah, no, we started in 2008, so that 2008, 12 years. So that made it 12 years. Yeah. And Advances is, of course, recognized as one of the leading system integrators in South Africa as far as industrial technologies are concerned. Um, been going for 12 years. And some of the industries that you work in, Brahma, I mean, is it limited to certain industries is it just in South Africa? Where have you, where's your team been, been working at it the last 12 years? Well, we've, again, a, a, automation takes you to any industry. And I think that that's the beauty of it. And that's the fun part of it as well. So we've been working from food and beverage, mining, um, uh, chemical, cement industry, materials handling. Um, and I'm sure there's some other industries which I can't even think about now. I remember we've even automated or helped automate a, a light show one stage. You know, that's not even in an industry. Show. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, it is wherever solutions need to be provided, um, I, pr I think we're pretty much there. So we're definitely not bound to a specific industry. Um, yes, the main knowledge is very important in the different industries. And um, so we do tend to get a team to yeah. focus on certain guys would focus on certain industries yeah. and so forth. Um, but we also keep on rotating them, uh, making sure that they do learn from the other industries and not stagnate within one industry. Um, on the... Working only in South Africa? No, that's definitely not the case. We do have projects running across um, Africa, um, as well as um, South America. So yeah, it's we are not only working here. Cool. And I think even keeping to your roots, you even do some agricultural stuff in the automation space. So that's also quite cool. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it seems uh, like there's a lot happening in the agri space at the moment as far as automation is concerned. Yeah, it's, it's always been a very difficult industry um, in terms of automating it. First of all, um, we need to look at what the value is that they would get out of it. And, um, you know, some, farm, some farmers just doesn't have the budgets as a typical big Blue, blue chip company to most of those kind of yeah. kind of budgets yeah yeah absolutely and um but we see that more and more that they would like to have the, that form of automation because it does um give them less uh, risk in their businesses 
So I think that's actually one of the things that the Lamentate is going to be able to help with as well, is to, to break into that particular industry mm. and, um, and help out those guys because they need it. Absolutely. I've been there, been in that industry for quite a while, um, well, knowing about it. Um, we've got some automation stuff running on the, on the dairy, um, but I know for the fact it could be improved a lot, but yeah. the budget is a challenge. And is that almost more, that's more almost IIoT, I suppose, industrial IoT uh, kind of applications where that's coming from, right? Not just only that. There is there's some of those applications. Um, yes, if you look at your um, pivot points and those type of things, yes, then that, that's a good opportunity. Um, but you do have very small factories and stuff on the farms as well. Um, small manufacturing, boxing, packaging type of things, um, which is not really an IIT application. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think... In, if you look at the farming industry, it is, or agricultural industry, um, the different type of small manufacturing businesses inside that is actually huge. The, the, what what they For need sure. to do, you know, they, the supply chain is themselves in a way. Yes. <laughs> they yeah. grow their own crops to do something. Yeah. So it's to be able to automate across the board. And it is, of course, a, a massive industry in South Africa and really the stronghold of, of our economy in many ways, that together with mining. Um, it's, it's just play pivotal roles in, in our economy and our livelihoods as South Africans. So, yeah, yeah definitely yeah, an exciting no. industry at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Brian, we're sitting in this, um, this pandemic, this global pandemic. It's not something that's just local to South Africa. Um, and obviously, the way that we do things have changed pretty much. <laughs> Not just for now, I think it's going to change the way that we do things in the future as well. Um, how did you and your team kind of adapt to this new way of work that we're currently sitting in, this environment that we're sitting in today? We had to adapt very quickly. Let's start there. And, um, and I think the team and working with a, a mature team and understand all the challenges and also, also the risk around it, it was very quick for them to be able to do that. So everybody moved moved to their home, obviously, couldn't come into the office, um, set up a little home um, office space. They, I know that they came and collect some screens and things, whatever they could from the office, to just to make it a little bit more comfortable. Um, we've always provided the guys with data, so there's no limitations in that. They can carry on and they can execute their work. Um, we, in this time, we managed to still commission plants, which I think it's... It's, I really take my hat off for the guys to be able to do that. Um, commission plans carried on with projects. And I think one of the main things that was so important is that we could send guys home with work. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're very fortunate in that yeah. sense. We had projects that we could carry on with. Yeah. Um, they could work remotely. It wasn't projects that they have to do on site. And um, yeah, that, that's just helped, I guess that's also helping the guys from a motivation perspective, because they, um, if you've got work to do, you will carry on. Challenges there is, absolutely, um, longer working hours, we've seen a lot, um, and I think that's just a, a general, and it's, I don't think it's just over in our industry, I think it's across the board, people were complaining about it, they say we're working longer hours. Um, but it's a, it's a discipline and needs to be in place and everybody needs to actually a year to it and it won't happen but it's just no you're available now so let's talk let's do For this sure. yeah. uh, we're all guilty of that I won't say we're not 
that, is, that is a common theme. I mean, when you yeah. when you have conversations with different people, not just in our industry, that's definitely a common theme that you you, you do work a lot more and a lot harder. You know, you are at home, as as we said at the beginning, it almost feels like you're living at work. You are available. You know, you 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 walk to the to the laptop, your workspace, wherever that may be in your home, mm-hmm. and you just find that you are putting in a lot more hours than what you typically would do if you would be sort of office bound, driving to the office, driving home. Um, and so it's also important to, I suppose, understand what those hours look like. And especially for you, Brahm, as a leader of, 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 a, of a team of people to understand, is there, is there restful time for everybody involved? Do they feel like they do have moments where they can relax a little bit and almost not live up to that almost expectation that's been created that you have to always be available? Yeah, I think one of the other challenges that we definitely have seen as well um, and is that, you know, when, we, when you're stuck with a certain problem and you're in the office and the team is all around you, you can quickly stand up, you can go and ask somebody to have solved this problem. And, and then you will spend maybe 10 minutes and everything is resolved. Now, it's either a team's meeting or a phone call or somebody's not available because he's busy with another call or something like that. And what it means is that 10 minutes that you would have spent, you actually spend now two hours on because you have to now self. And so from an efficiency perspective, I think the efficiency has dropped, but the hours is more to make up for that. I think, and I think on that point, Brom, I think what I've seen a lot during this time as well is the amount of, you know, online courses, webinars and stuff that, that suppliers do offer. And, and I think to your point, yes, I think there's a lot more self-learning that happened. Yes, unfortunately, it does take away from the from your actual work time. But I do feel out of that that particular need of, sure, I'm sitting with a problem. How do I solve it? I think one positive spin-off of that is the definitely the the online online webinars, um, and the self learning aspect that COVID has brought to us. I think that at least we can take that positive spin out of no, it. Absolutely, from that perspective. Look, that's that's a very good point. Um, we've. Um, I'm very impressed with the team and how much of the, I mean, they all started with the ignition training, um, the university, and uh, that was, and I, I could see how they struggle when they were in the office to get that done. Absolutely. They yeah. spend hours, um, well, not on that, but on works related stuff. But um, as soon as the lockdown started, a lot of the guys much quicker got through their university and... Um, so, which, which is great. And they even started with the certification. So, in that sense, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That learning, it's there. But the, there the is... The cert- silver lining as a result of lockdown. It's just the time that we have available for, for training and education and self-improvement, I suppose. Yeah, no, definitely. But I th- it's still a challenge in terms of this other, other experiences that you don't quickly Google, you know, yes, yeah. that, that you have to. And I think that's where the efficiency does drop. Yeah. Um, but... We are uh, we're getting through it, and I think the, the team has done a great job. And it's not going to stop now. <laughs> it's, no, this is this is going to continue. But I think everybody is getting more to, into the into the norm. It's it's more the new norm now. It is the new normal. Is is, is I think the the buzzword that you read all over all over the news and social media is the new normal. Um, and I suppose looking at the new normal, I, I, I want to touch on something you mentioned, Brahm. You said. Um, you, you're able to do the commissioning and you, you're able to continue with the work. So how does looking after your customers, they, there's obviously in a face-to-face environment, you can pick up on things like body language, 
maybe a, a, a rise in, 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 in volume or, or tone of voice. A lot of those sort of little nuances that we had in you know, chatting to each other as human beings and not machine to machine, we're missing out a lot of that. Um, do, you, do you find that's, that's impacted the, the way that you, you and your team are dealing with your customers and, and interacting with them? Yeah, I definitely do think so. I think, um, Jaco, you're spot on. If you're not face-to-face -face with a customer, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to see, to gauge what is happening. And I think that's where relationships are so key, um, prior relationships. And Advances has always been a company that doesn't go out and try to get as many customers as possible. We always try to have little customers and start growing within those customers and maintain those relationships. And I think that's also one of the reasons what, what helped us through this, because we know who we're dealing with on the other side of the Zoom call or the Teams call or even just the telephone. Um, and that is something that can't be learned in lockdown. We had to have exactly. that experience before. And so, yeah, um, dealing with new customers, which we had to, it is very difficult. It is really difficult to, to figure out what what do they really want and and it's a trust you know you need to you need to gain that trust again you need to build up that trust with the customer um, because effectively if you want to partner with that trust with that customer he's going to have to trust you in all because he's going to ask you to make decisions for him but he needs to trust you to take on those decisions exactly. And any, any specific tech that you, I don't know, what there's, there's so many we're talking about, Teams and Zoom, and there's probably a, just a plethora of different options available. Any specific tech that you and the team that you had to implement to just to make life workable every day? Uh, look, we've, we've worked with Teams um, and Zoom. That's, I think that would be the two main platforms that, we, that we've worked with. Um, but yeah, we didn't have to go and do specific stuff like connectivity to the site or anything specific that you needed for that. No, I think one of we've we've been educating our customers for a while now that um, whenever we do a project, we would like a VPN access into the plant. Of course, and and that's from a support perspective and so forth, and that's always been in place. So it's not something that came out of lockdown. Now it's like oh, we need to get all of this stuff in place. So. What I do think, what happened though, is um, the IT side really had to step up mm -hmm. and they had to, it becomes now a real issue if somebody can't connect to the plant. Mm -hmm. So I think they, they've been under a lot of pressure to, to open up, um, I won't say security because they always have to protect their plants, but they need to f quickly figure out how they're going to do this to access. allow the access, but still within a secure way. Yeah. That's that's a huge challenge. It's, uh, I think you you experienced a little bit of that, Lenny, earlier this week. Yeah, it's just definitely. A, seemingly the pressure that's on IT teams at the moment. Exactly, and then and it opens up the debate about you know this whole OT IT convergence about security, about how you secure your plant from malicious attacks from the outside, because now you need to connect someone that's normally been in the in the plant environment to the outside world, and obviously there's risk and there's security around that. So yeah, definitely it is something. And Brom, do you think that that connectivity kind of issue, was that something that, that was a challenge? Obviously, it was a challenge even before before lockdown. Um, do you think that was one of the most common challenges and needs that you've seen in the manufacturing spaces? And it's obviously now been highlighted and been accelerated by the pandemic. 
But do you think that that's one of the challenges that we see in the manufacturing space is this IT OT conversions and getting that gap closer? Um, and how the and I, and I presume the the pandemic actually you know helped us in that space. <laughs> that's how you had to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. I suppose, do you, do, you, do you find that you have to do more with less at the moment? And do, do you feel some of that pressure coming through with some of the customers that you're speaking to? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, that it definitely highlighted the OT, IT conversion that needs to happen. And it forced the IT guys to understand the OT side, and it definitely forced the OT guys to understand the IT side. Forced working together. <laughs> exactly. It's a, and previously, it's no, I can still access the stuff when I'm on site, but now you're remote and now you normally those um, those connections come from the IT side and, and you need to have that that capability, but I would still like, like to see what's happening on my plant. So the pandemic has definitely increased that um, that need. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely we have to work it's something that we have to work on and, and, and find out what would be the best technology and how do we help our customers and the IT and the OT side to, to get this this working. Um, I mean, if we look at the different technologies that, that came through, we, we were normally just looking at, from a security perspective, um, you know, you've got your domains and you've got the typical IT infrastructures that we try to work with. Um, but I think the world outside there with the bigger internet has opened up other opportunities as well, other methods, which never really were sitting in the industrial space. We didn't worked with that and um, I mean if we just look at MQTT as a, as a tech I think it's a it's a brilliant um, protocol that can be used to, to bridge that gap so um, that is something that I think we need to educate our customers more on and um, and the IT side will understand it as well as the OT side and I think and I think in South Africa my experience is that you know, some technologies that, that's been with us for so long, I mean, we've been talking about cloud technologies for so long in this industry, and it, it doesn't really seem in South Africa specific that that caught on too much. But I think with MQTT, you know, Internet of Things, the pandemic, I think that cloud technology as well as, you know, moving, moving your OT site into a cloud environment to provide access for everybody, I think people are now all of a sudden more more open to that idea to actually now embrace cloud technology for the manufacturing environment. Mm. And I think that that's also good things that came from, from this whole story. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's funny enough, you, you talk about cloud technology. Mm. Um, it's more like a cloud concept. Yes. There's only technology now for the IoT space that supports that. And I think that's where the challenge is. It was a lot of talk. A lot of, um, oh, we can do this, and yeah, it's easy. You can just connect this and then push it up there, and voila, done. It's not like that. Yeah. We need to have the technology that supports it with all the security protocols in place, um, with all the functionality that we as a industrial, in the industrial space require. A simple thing like store and forward capability, time series data. There's, there's so many technical things we can talk about. Um, what was lacking in that cloud technology space and I think that's that's a, that it's it's there now it's been realized somebody has put the effort in develop something yeah but that that's literally how long it's taken to to reach that point and how many years has been in development to, to get to a stage where we feel not only compelled because of circumstance but also feel 
now is actually the right time because the tech is in place. It does come at the right price. Uh, obviously, the economic pressure at the moment is, is severe on, on most companies, so that it does come at the right price. And we feel that it's actually safe to do that now. And we feel that the, the teams are aligned and ready to do mm. that. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the challenge is, is it's it's again that thing about so who's going to do the who's going to make the first move who's going to make the first mistake and are we all going to stand back and wait till we see something that looks tangible something that we can take forward and yeah. build on and i think that's exactly it there was a lot of guys that's jumped onto this but no one had it precise or it was very um closed so it's a it's only for this manufacturer you can do this and only this manufacturer you can do that but i think um now that it's more open it's easier to to take it forward yeah now Bram, you i think you guys are in a very lucky position that you do kind of serve a very cross or wide range of industry you had projects that that was kind of before lockdown in place so it's projects that you kind of take over into this lockdown phase but um is there some industries or some projects that you guys had that potentially fall through the mat? The industries that you see is really struggling at this point in time, um, and and do you think that that these industries are getting themselves ready to when this all disappears and, and it's over to actually be able to rebound and, and start things up very quickly again? Yeah, we definitely we had some orders being cancelled on us. Unfortunately, we were about to start with those projects, so um, we actually employed guys to. To do that as well, and that that was a big blow. And bro, these, these are obviously sorry to interrupt you. These are obviously very large manufacturing companies Absolutely. in South Africa. I mean, these are not small small companies. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I mean, if you look at the companies uh, overall, Lenny, you said it earlier. Food and beverage, they had to carry on. Mm -hmm. People still need to eat. That's a safe industry to work in, and I think it's a, it's the industry that's. Yes, it's not going to be. It's not easy for them, but they carried on, and they and I'm sure they're going to be out out the blocks much quicker when everything is is done because they don't they weren't really in the blocks. <laughs> um, but the other the other industries, uh, mining, um, material handling, those industries which really does rely on an economy that's moving, that is the industry that's struggling, and those are the industries where we've got orders cancelled on us as well. Um, but luckily what we could do is we could use that and t t turn it into an educational phase for the guys. So it wasn't a complete loss. It, we accelerated the educational side and let the guys um, just learn so much more. Yeah, maybe, and, maybe and, a little and, bit of context for our listeners. We obviously in South Africa, it's now end of June. Um, it, is, it is winter, even though today is a beautiful sunny day. If you've, if you've been in, in Johannesburg and in winter, it's about 20-something degrees, I think, Celsius today. Uh, beautiful winter's day. But we're ending, nearing the end of June. Um, as we said, we've been having over 100 days of lockdown. Um, and definitely, if you read the news, pick up a newspaper, just follow a little bit of what's happening in, in the economy at the moment. They're predicting a, a negative 8 or an 8% shrinking of the economy. Um, there are some very large food and beverage, beverage manufacturers, for example, that are, that are laying off people and... Um, just posting some quite scary revenue numbers. Um, but we do also see some silver linings and we do also see some green sp spots coming out and, and certain guys looking at, to your point, Brown, implementing and looking at stuff now that they've never had to do because they're almost forced to do it now and educate themselves on how to do it. Yeah. 
So based on, on that, on education and self-learning, um, <laughs> I, I also believe that you guys have achieved your gold certification on the Ignition platform. So first of all, congratulations on that. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. You're going to have to tell us what Ignition is, though. Some people may not know what Ignition is. So, so Ignition is, a, is an industrial platform that you can utilize to either build SCADA solutions or uh, um, HMI, so human-machine interfaces, to your actual pieces of equipment on the plant. Um, so they have a very brilliant online education process. They call it the Inductive University, where you can actually go and get certified. Obviously, training during this phase is... Uh, how do you do training? It's, it's very difficult. Face-to-face -face training, again, is, is so important because you, you get that human interaction. You can see a guy's expression on his face. You know when someone needs help. Um, but again, companies had to adapt. Um, we're very fortunate with Ignition that they had this brilliant platform already in place. Lydia sounds like a punt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, it is a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe just a disclaimer very early on in our in our podcast that uh, Lenny and I are, are, are with Element Eight, obviously, which is a, which is a distributor, a very proud distributor for for uh, for Ignition, Scada in South Africa. Um, Scada, we probably don't want to explain too much in terms of what Scada is. Now, hopefully, if you know what a Scada is, you're listening to the right podcast. But yeah, we we are a local distributor of of, uh, of Ignition. Very very exciting technology that's fairly new in South Africa. Lady. Yeah, it's it's new in South Africa. I mean, we've started Element Eight. Um, sure, what Yaku two months ago, three months ago. Yeah. So we very we it feels very, like three years. <laughs> it does, especially with lockdown, you lose a little bit of sense of time. Uh, so we, yeah, we we we. Um, still early phases of the distribution ship, but Ignition has been around um, internationally for more than 13 years now, so it's not a, it's not an overnight developed solution. It's, it's been proven in the industry. 45% uh, of the top, uh, top 100 blue chip companies use it in their manufacturing environment. Um, it's been in South Africa for a while. Um, it is, there are some sites that's already running it. But um, yeah, since since January, we are the proud distributors of it, and and advisors just became gold certified. Exactly. So, Brom, what does what does that mean to you? I mean, you must be you must be thrilled. Yeah, I was actually very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it it was it was quite a came as a I wouldn't say it's a shock, but definitely a surprise. Um, you know, we've we've asked the, the team to go, and whenever they get time, they. And that's typically how it works, but I mean, you tell certain members of your teams, listen, you've got to get onto this certification or that training, and they, they, they get onto it. Exactly. Um, we've always believed that when you do any training, you should have a project, because then you'll remember the stuff. I think that's one, one thing that COVID has changed now. It's like, okay, you've got time, go do training. It's a completely different thing. But they've gone beyond that. They've, they've done the training. After you've done the training, then you can do your certification. And that was all online? Yep. That was all online, yeah. So that the university, um, inductive university, is videos, tutorials, and and then you go and you answer a few questions, and then you get your very simple, what well not that simple, but it, it takes some time. Um, then you get a what they call it, what, what do you call it, Lenny? Um, credential. Yeah. So if you're done with your university, your credential, and then you can do then there's different yes. tests. So courses. That's right. But then you, then you get it. Then you can do the test, and then you. You can download the test, um, which I believe there's two sections of the test, the diagnostic one, you have a little bit of bugs that you need to find or something like that. And then the other one is a, a actual project that you need to hand back to them and then they will um, mark that. Once you succeeded in that, then you get certified. And then once you're certified, then you can go for gold. 
and I wasn't I didn't even think that the guys would even try that um, you know I thought if they can just get certified it would be it would be good enough because I've seen the test I've um, I haven't finished my certification because <laughs> I don't just haven't had time to do that yet <laughs> to be honest but um, I was surprised and then once they once they've got their certification um, one of the members during just decided that's it he's gonna go for gold and it was funny I, I had a um, in conversation with another team member on on the Friday, and I said to him, he, he then asked me, "Can he go, can he go for the gold?" And I said, "Sure." And I think if you do gold and you get it, you will be the first one in Africa, not even South Africa, but Africa that will ha be gold Absolutely. certified. Oh, well so he was, he was very impressed. And he was like, "Oh, okay, great. He's going to do it." And the Monday morning, um, I looked on the website, and then I saw, "But Advances has got gold," and I'm like. But that can't be because we only chatted about it on Friday. There's no way. I mean, it's it's a, it's a process. They need to once you do the gold certification, it's uh, they need to mark the tests and things like that. It takes time to get it. And then I went in and I saw it was actually Jaren that also decided to go gold. That's fantastic. Did um, it over a weekend? Well, <laughs> almost nearly a weekend. Not not quite. No no no. So it wasn't him. It was it, uh, so Jaren. He did his certification. Then he started to do his gold in the same time but um it was one of the other team members that that really was he wasn't too happy because he thought he was going to be the first one but uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day the team did great a little bit of internal competition yeah it's a little bit of it's never a bad thing um, and that certification you obviously work with as a system integrator you, you obviously work with many different kinds of technologies um is is that certification per technology is quite important i, I suppose if, if i'm a if I'm a manufacturing customer and I, I would want to work with somebody like Advances, I would want to understand that the guys actually know what they're doing. They've worked with the product. They've done something with it. They are certified. It's almost like the, the stamp of approval from my end. Um, yeah, I, I want to turn it around a bit. I want to say, I don't want to send the engineer into the field if I don't know that he knows what he's doing. Hmm. And um, so... We, we can't tell customers what they need to do and who they accept on their plants and so forth, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to send a guy out there and say, okay, you know what, just go and figure out what, what is happening on that site and solve it with this piece of software. It doesn't work like that. Um, you, we talked about it earlier. You need to know what you're doing. Yeah. You, need to know, you need to know your industry. You need to know what value you're going to add. It's not just writing software. It's much bigger than just that. And um, no, for sure. knowing the product is only a part of it. Not, not knowing the product is an absolute risk. And that's definitely not what we want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's to be certified, gold certified. I think it's awesome. It's brilliant. I'm so glad that the guys has done that, put us into that position. And, um, yeah. Yeah, well Happy. done again. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Now, we don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately. But um, things are starting to get a little bit, I wouldn't say back to normal in South Africa, but at least we can travel domestically for, for, for work. Uh, so we can actually go on domestic flights again. Schools are almost starting to, to be fully operational again. So it's, we're getting very slow and to the next phase of the lockdown process. Um, but from an integrated perspective, Brom, I know three to six months is probably a short term to look at this, but what do you feel is the well, most exciting? It's probably forever. It's probably forever. <laughs> it probably <laughs> no. feels like forever yeah. at the moment in lockdown. Exactly. Six months. But um, 
when all of this is done or in the next three or six months, what do you feel is the most exciting thing as an integrator after after this whole pandemic? <laughs> I think the unknown is the most exciting. It could also be the most difficult, but it's definitely exciting. Yeah, it's great. Um, I think there's a lot of innovation that's going to happen in the in the, in the next um, three to six months, even maybe longer than that. Um, companies is going to realize they need to make some changes. Mm. Um, there's going to there's there's a pool of people out there, which sits between all our companies, that is going to try to solve something, and to be able to solve something, somebody needs to innovate. Time for innovation. And I think that's that's going to happen. There's a lot of innovation that's going to have to happen, and uh, I think we would love to be part of that innovation. At this stage, we are heads down, coding, um, or writing not really coding, but writing software for solutions that we still had to implement and making sure that we still um, get the cash flow going. But uh, the exciting part is I think it's going to be the innovation. I think that's it. What is going to come out of this? We don't know yet. It's, we've got, we're still going to go into a tough period, no doubt. I think that's, that's going to happen. Um, customers are not just going to start spending money, um, yeah. but they will there should be innovation. Yeah. I think that's more the thing. There should be innovation. Yeah, <laughs> this. Yeah, for sure. Not only not only to get ready for well potentially the next pandemic, but as you said, provide more value, uh, streamline your operations, cost cutting because obviously there will be cost cutting after this. There's no doubt about it. And it's, it's right. It's that what can you offer that's going to be that's going to do something extra so that your return on investment is going to be greater at the end of the day from an innovation perspective. Yeah, so, absolutely. Cool, Brom. Thank you very much. Um, that was that was great insight from a, from from what it's like being a, a system integrator in, in South Africa at the moment, especially during the times that we we seen at the moment. It was lovely chatting to you, Brom. Great guy. Thank you very much for your time, Lenny. Is, is there anything else for Brom? No, I think that's it. Thanks, Brom. Great. Oh, thanks, guys. Awesome. It's great to be sitting next to you as it well. Is. <laughs> it was. Um, it's definitely not been the norm in the last uh, few days, but. Um, Thanks for the invite. Thanks for for us. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Good luck for the next few months. We're looking forward to to that innovation and really coming from the system integrators, the the people that take some of these this tech and uh, implement it in a way that that it adds value to to the way that people interact with processes. So, so thank you for all your hard work, Brom, and, and good luck for the next little while. So next week, Lenny, what do we have coming up next week? We're chatting with. Graham Walton from Flow okay. Software. Yes, awesome. Um, I don't know if you knew that. No, I actually didn't. This is okay. <laughs> so next week we're chatting with uh, Brom. I believe you know Graham as well. I, I bet you just innovated that. No, no, no. It's planned. Um, so in the back end of, of this podcast, we have Clarice. Clarice is working really hard to to identify people that we, we think uh, would be valuable to chat with and get some insights from in, in this sort of human and machine industry in South Africa. So... Graham is the MD at Flow Software. Um, Lenny knows Flow very well yeah. and quite well. And we were chatting to Graham next week and uh, a little bit about understanding what it was like to start Flow as a business. It's, of course, a proudly South African homegrown software. What it was like uh, conceptualizing, productizing Flow. Uh, and, yeah, that's our episode for next week, Lenny. I think you're looking forward to that one. Definitely. I think... Um not only connectivity issues, as we discussed today in the webinar from what this pandemic has, has told us, but I think a massive improvement and a massive thing that, again, big big words is being thrown around about AI and machine learning and turning data and information. 
And I think, again, this pandemic has forced us to start really looking at those technologies into in our industrial space. So I'm very excited to, to hear what Grams have to say about taking data, massive amount of data that our manufacturing plants do generate on the plant floor every day, and really turning that into actionable, actionable information with the flow information platform to help people during this time make better decisions, smarter decisions, and again, just making sure that we get the return of investment back of this millions of rands of manufacturing equipment that we install in our industries every day. That's actually the flow tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> making better decisions more often. Yeah. So, so that's our, our guest is next week and we look forward to chatting with you then. Ram, thanks again for joining us. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Thanks Yaku. Thanks Lenny. Awesome. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. Enjoy your day. <laughs>